Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. Co-host with me, Chris. I'm here, James. Chris, we got the prophet here all by ourselves today. Well, you have the prophet. I'm here, baby, ready to go. <laughs> well, we got, we got him, Chris. So we got to work him today. Yeah, guess guess what team I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> You're well, I'm gonna start it off, prophet Chris. Um, I know we're going to talk about draft and some picks, but um, uh, I want you guys. Honest opinion on this one. And I kind of looked at it. You know, I am from Chicago, the Wonder City, but the things Chicago do, I just don't understand. They hit the third pick. They traded all the two of their picks to get the second pick in San Francisco. You should know about San Francisco, um, probably, you out that way. To get this quarterback, which they weren't even, San Francisco wasn't even going to get. But my thing is, why would you give Glenn, all that money, and then go and pick this guy that's hot. Help me out, Prophet. You go first. Um, whoever is drafting for the Chicago Bears needs to be fired immediately. I mean, not only did they pick Trubisky, who the 49ers weren't going to grab. Like you said, they traded two picks to get him. Um, then they turn around and get a, a tight end from Ashland, I don't even know where Ashland is. Um, then, you know, they get another guy from North Carolina A&T in the fourth round, and they get another guy from Cutstown or Cootstown University in the fifth round. Out of five picks, only two of them were from Division One. Um, like you said, you traded to get somebody that another team didn't even want one, two, you're paying Mike Glennon $15 million a year to be your starting quarterback. So either you're blowing money by throwing all the money to Mike Glennon or you're blowing money to get a, a, a backup quarterback and, and Mike Glennon's going to be on his way when you've already given him tons of guaranteed money. They need to fire whoever the GM is immediately. That draft, you besides the safety from Alabama – and the quarterback from North Carolina, you have no idea who the Bears drafted. Nobody has ever even heard of any of them. Well, you know, sometimes when it comes to those offbeat picks, though, you don't know what kind of diamond and rough you have, you know. But I agree with you as far as, you know, they had ample opportunity to get some real depth that they need, not not quarterback, but other depth that they really desire for their team, and they, they were looking somewhere else, you know. So I, I, I feel for the Bears. I feel for the fans this year because I think it's yeah. going to be another losing season. But think about well, it, uh, Wayman and Chris. You had um, the guy, Watson, still there. You had other quarterbacks. This guy only played 13 games in his whole career. You got all these other quarterbacks that's proven. You know what I'm saying? The guy that went to Kansas City, Mahoney, you know, he's really good. He's better than this. And you go, and, and it's like probably what Chris trying to say, you don't know because nobody knew about Prescott, but still, 
he haven't proven nothing on the field with nothing, you know? I mean, what well, have he won? What, what, what my point is, is if you already are paying a quarterback $15 million a year, why not do what the Browns did and get um, a Deshaun Kaiser in the third or fourth round or right. the quarterback out of Iowa in the fifth round? Something like that. You already have a quarterback that you're going into the season with. So if you're going to grab another quarterback to develop, you don't get that guy and trade all these picks for the number two pick when you're already putting out, I'm not going to say starter money or, or I guess low-end starter money for a quarterback that you already have. And, and, and Chicago may have got a lot of diamonds in the rough. They're all on the offensive side of the ball. They got a tight end out of Ashland. They got a safety out of Alabama a guard from Cootstown, um, a running back out of North Carolina. They need help on the defensive side of the ball. Or, if you're going to go offense, get a receiver. You just now let Alshon Jeffrey go. There was a run on receivers, run on defensive backs. And Chicago didn't get any of them? I mean, it's just ridiculous what they did. They didn't even draft for need. It's one thing if you're drafting for need. The one thing nobody expected Chicago to go into the draft and do was draft a quarterback. You just now got one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I, I I don't understand some of the moves that they that they made, but you know, yeah, I was I was watching, you know, flipping to the to the draft kind of viewing who was picking what and um I was I was I was I was, you know, surprised with some of their picks. Uh, that teams were making, and some were some were very good picks. Um, others were like knee jerk reactions. It's like, what were they thinking? So, you know, you know guys ever see that movie? Uh, was it Kevin Costner play with the draft movie? Was that it? Yes, yes, Dra- draft day. They gotta have stuff on the table to see where you know what I'm saying. Why would we get this? Why would we do this? You know. What do we need to? They did not need no quarterback right there. I, I don't understand. Then you know the the coach Fox like, hey, I had nothing to do with that, you know. So I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, somebody needs to be fired. You see what the Bills did? They fired the GM, the the, the uh, scouting guy, everybody. who makes no bad picks, you know. Right, and that's well, what Chicago no, should have done. To, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're fine. I, I think that's what Chicago should have done. Like I said, it's one thing if you, if if, you know what you talk, Chris, and you mentioned diamonds in the rough. That's one thing to get diamonds in the rough when you already have an established team, but you don't. You're a team that went three and thirteen. You can't afford to get a diamond in the rough that may develop over time. You have to go get some established players from a, some established university. You're, you're picking from Cootstown, North Carolina A and T. A tight end from Ashland? No. You got to go get some quality starters. It's, and it's not like you picked at the back, back of the draft. You had the third pick. You had a pick in the second, third, fourth, right. and fifth round. You traded your third pick, 67th pick, 118th pick, and a third rounder next year. And you got, I can't even say it on air, a blum. It's bad. So what I was what I was going to say about Buffalo, you know, firing the GM and and the other other players, most of that actually has to do with with previous seasons. Uh, they were showing the records of of Buffalo. It's like eight and eight, six and ten, 
You know, they, they, they had below average seasons like last four seasons and they had some good, good players, but they just couldn't make it work. So I don't think it was, and, and, and actually this draft was one of the better, as far as grades went, you know, I read a few articles where they were grading the team's draft picks and, and Buffalo was actually quite graded quite high with who they drafted this year. Right. No, I think, I think Buffalo has, has gotten decent to, to good players um, and, and kind of just to get to your point, Chris, they just have not done very much with it. So I don't know if that falls on the GM. You've let some people go in free agency. You've let the Patriots cherry pick off your roster. Um, Hogan, um, the running back that the Patriots just now signed that the Bills didn't offer a second-round tender to, which would have prevented the Patriots from taking them. Um, so, yeah, I see it more as that because, yeah, I think they did have a good draft, and I think they've drafted well um, in past years. I mean, I guess the jury's still out on Sammy Watkins because of his injury issues. Uh, no doubt he was a first-round talent where he was picked, but um, there definitely has been some friction between, you know, the coaching staff, the GM there, and in Chicago, you know, if, if, if moves are being made to get a quarterback without John Fox's knowledge, then either the coach needs to go or the GM needs yeah. to go because if those two guys aren't on the same page, unless it's, right. Cowboys, well, you, unless it's where Jerry Jones runs everything and you kind of just have to sit back and watch what he does. But any other team that does that, one of those guys has to go. Okay, I thought, but anyway, wait a minute. I wanna, before we jump off this, um, I heard that, uh, well, first, uh, let's talk about I heard there was a free agent while me the receiver went to the Bears. What's his name, Weymouth? Um, I think that was uh, Gentry. How do you think he'll do that? Well, I think I think he's smart to go to the Bears because the Bears need receivers. Um, they do. So if you're if you're a free agent, you want to go to a team that needs you, kind of like an Arian Foster when he went to Houston. Um, you know, you go from being a free agent to being a starter in the league because he went to a team. He got you know, other calls from teams that already had established running backs, you may have never heard of Arian Foster's name uh, had he gone to some of those other teams. But I think uh, Gentry has a real good shot um, of making the team. And, and if there's any team he's going to make, it's the Bears. Who do the, who do the Bears have at receiver? I forget yeah, the guy last that. year that kind of came on strong. They got Kevin White, who's been injury-prone. Both years he's been in the league. Um, their first-round pick out of West Virginia. And you let... Um, What's his name? You let Alshon Jeffrey go to the Eagles last year. So if I'm a receiver, the one team that I definitely want to sign a free agent contract with is the Bears. What do you think of that, Chris? I think you're absolutely correct. You know, I was thinking the same thing because, you know, they got Glennon, but who's he going to throw to? You know, they, they pretty much got rid of rid of anyone that was decent. So, yeah, that was a very smart move for, for him to go there. I uh, the story, then I got another question. I was in Arizona with just to just to make or or just drill home the point, and Chris just now said it. You said you got Glennon, but who's he going to throw to? Then why did you get Trubisky if there's no one to throw to? Yeah. The quarterback wasn't where you needed to do it. If you already don't have receivers for one guy to throw it to, why get two guys and nobody else to throw to? Yeah. I was quick story. I was living in Arizona, and they had me 
they got this program out there it's called, um, I think it's, what is it, Big Brother Summer they have. They give all these guys, they get these football players that like, want scholarship at each school with grades and whatever, and what college they're going to. And I was the keynote speaker. And uh, it was 10 uh, uh, kids, after a kid, all the great going one going to UCLA big time school and there's one kid he was going oh, I can't remember but anyway uh, he got up and after the thing I spoke you know at the dinner he came and he's like hey I really appreciate that you know my um, stepbrothers Aaron Foster I'm like Aaron Foster you know what I'm saying I'm thinking you know and his mom was there you know he said yeah that's my stepbrother and dad came over was talking to me but you know that brought out Aaron Foster he was telling the story out what Aaron Foster did, you know what I'm saying? About how his stepbrother would have made it into the league and how he did it, you know, and went to that team that, you know. So that's what, when you say that, Lamb, I thought about that, you know. You got to go to that right team that, that needs that, you know. Right. You got, yeah, you got you to gotta go to, a, just like the Bears should have drafted a receiver. They didn't. They didn't draft one well, receiver. So if I'm a receiver, that's definitely any any receiver out there you know, you have a shot, a legitimate shot to make the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That's true. That's why it's funny when I was sitting there. They got fucking 19 receivers here. They got who they want. You know, they had Chris, they had Mike Quick, they had Greg Garrity, Ron, and Keith Jackson. I'm like, how the hell somebody going to make it? They may end up getting rid of Chris for that thing and open up a spot. But I'm like, God, why go to a team that, you know, uh, don't need that, you know. But I lucked out because I had a coach, Al Roberts. Remember, remember Chris Wyoming? Mm-hmm. He was a special team coach. So he was like, hey, you can play special team, you know. So, but I'm like, what the hell I come here for? They all these receivers, you know? Right. You, know? Right. you remember Josh Davis from Wyoming uh, a few years ago? He thought he was going to be a first or second round pick. Um, he wound up going to free being a free agent, and he wound up That's signing in Atlanta. Why would you sign in Atlanta? You know, they have the MVP of the league this year. They already had Matt right. Ryan, though. So he wound up being a, a, a camp arm, and as soon as they got through the first couple of preseason games, they cut him. Yeah, all he is is a camp arm. Yeah, that's what right. they look at you for. And I see right. they're bringing people in. Like, hey, you know, I was telling this one guy at work the other day, like, you know, these guys, you know, they retire. I'm like, hell, those veterans don't do nothing in practice. They had camp guys for that, you know? Right. The veterans might go and run two plays and they sit back and they have, like you say, camp guys, you know? They call them blocking dummies. That's what we call them. You know? So, you it, was fun. it was funny, but yeah, I had to mention that when you said about him and that, and that story just sticks in me. This kid was like, yeah, mom. But, you know. But another thing is, the um, running back for Wyoming got drafted fifth round to is it yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah. No, I think he went Hello? to Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta? What do you think he'll do? Do he make it? See, that's another that's another tough one. And we just now talked about Atlanta. Atlanta has two very good running backs. Two running backs that if they weren't on Atlanta would be probably more than they were um, because they had to split carries. But Atlanta, and I know Chris remembers, maybe not fondly, those running backs tore that Denver defense apart. They both of them did up and down. They did. They got. They already have two quality running backs in Atlanta. So, um, unless 
Hill, Brian Hill was, is, is a special teams warrior, um, or maybe they're not wanting to, to, to pay to keep two running backs because I'm sure um, Devontae Freeman, and I forget the other guy's name, um, but I'm sure those guys are, are, are going to want to get paid. Devontae Freeman, his contract is actually up this year, so uh, Atlanta said they'd do whatever they need to to retain him. But um, with the exception of them letting one of those running backs go, I really don't see where Brian Hill fits in on that Falcons team. Chris? Uh, um, let's, let's go to break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little more. But this is um, James, Chris, and the Prophet. The Prophet, you there? Hey, I'm ready. I'm 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 ready to jump, man. Chris says you got to talk about your team, so we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jack Love, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host with Chris. You there? I'm here. And we got the Prophet Wayne. You there? I'm here, baby. Chris, you go ahead and comment on that on Ryan Hill, but I would like Ryan Hill to make it because that'd be a good story for me because he's the only one that broke my record. What, how many years, Chris, at Wyoming? It was 27 years that your record stood until he broke it. So I like to, you know, he make it. We go do a story together with Wayman and Chris. Does that sound good? Be great. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he would love it. Go ahead, comment on that, Chris, and then I know you got questions for Wayman. Let's tear his butt up today, Chris. <laughs> so, so yeah, so commenting on Brian Hill, yeah, it's unfortunate that he had to go to at, at, uh, go to Atlanta um, because part of the part of the problem that they have or their issues, of course, is the fact that uh, you know it was and the the other running back is Coleman that you're you're trying to think of. So Devontae Freeman and Coleman was the other okay. one that those two just tore up in the the backfield last season. 
and so Brian Hill has has to contend with this. And you're talking about, you know, a lot of teams bringing in, you know, same position players, and it's like they they they, they want to do that. They want to sign free agent contracts with all these pe- people because you never know what's going to come through. Who, who's who's going to stand out the most? You know, so that of course their draft picks, especially the high picked ones, they have to pay, so they want to keep them around. But the lower ones, they can you know either randomly let them go and then sign these free agent people or the, the, the walk-ons to free agent contract and pay them a little money. So Hold on, hold on, Chris. I got to interrupt you because I got to get women opinion man-man on you because I got, Go for it. Pick up. I got something to pick about Chris Wayman. I need your help. Listen to this, Wayman. Tell me if Chris, what do you think of this? She's a Bronco fan and Atlanta Braves fan. That don't even sound right, do it, Wayman. <laughs> <laughs> it don't, wait a minute, that don't even sound right, do it? It does because, you know, you, you can you can separate things, and so as long as he doesn't have two football teams or two baseball teams, I mean, I'm a Redskins fan, but I'm a Philadelphia Sixers fan, you know, so. Oh, yeah, come on, what's wrong with you y'all? Come on. You can split it up, you, can split it up, you know, and, and, and I understand you're from Chicago, so you probably like Everything Chicago and people from Denver probably like everything Denver, but you know, with California or wherever he's from being so big, you got teams all over the place, man. Yeah, especially I guess when I became a Braves fan, it was mostly because they were on TBS. You could see almost every game. <laughs> well, you, you know, know what, that Chris? was back in the day when when I think when uh, Mope. when uh, Mope. Um, they, Dale they Dale, Dale Murphy was was with the the. Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, and so yeah. I be, I became a fan even then. I mean, long time ago. I got Greg Maddox, Dave Justice, all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had that pitching crew. They did. They sure did. And they, they were fun to watch. And, I remember and that, you know, um, even though the they, they they've been sucking since Bobby Cox retired, I still faithfully you know check the scores every night just to see how they're doing. You know, and if I if I can catch a game, I'd love to catch a game every now and then. But hey, wait a minute! I just looked out the window on that bandwagon. Just went down the street. They had Atlanta Braves, and no, no, I just I just I just got wait a minute. Bandwagon, he's trying bandwagon. Anyway, he's, he's trying to, to make a point that it's not easily made because I've been a fan for years. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like and you know you sound like a fan because there's no bandwagon to hop on now. So if she's no, a Braves I fan, still, now, she's been a Braves fan. Go ahead, Chris. I should try to get one. Let's get them. I'm waiting for this. Okay, so your Redskins. Why? Uh-huh. Oh, why? Oh, why? Did uh-huh. they did they draft four? Cornerbacks slash safeties. I mean, obviously they knew they have problems in their backfield. Four of them, of their seven picks, were cornerbacks or safe, cornerbacks or safeties. See, in the Redskins, like I said, some teams pick for position of need, and some some teams pick with the best available players. So the Redskins got the best de- defensive lineman in the draft, Allen, fell to him at seventeen. I was doing backflips. Second round, I wanted them to get Zach Cunningham out of Vanderbilt because they they need a middle linebacker, but they actually um, got Alexander from the Bills, so they got an, another edge rusher because um, 
I forget his name, but he suspended for the first four games because of drugs. So we need to generate some pass rush. And then the guy out of UCLA, I was like, why do you need another corner? And then I did my research, um, and I guess if he wouldn't have had a a torn lap muscle, he was a first-round talent. One. Two, Rashad Breland, um, this is his make-or-break year for the Redskins, and he was kind of the weak link in that secondary um, so this guy can come in, play the nickel, um, and if need be, and that's what I'm saying, and, and that's maybe what happens to Brian Hill is you stash this guy in your practice squad or you keep him on the squad, he might not do much this year, but if you're unwilling to pay two running backs or whatnot, then maybe he gets his spot to shine and Rashad Breland is out the, out the window. Now, as far as safeties, though, our safeties for the Redskins are – Atrocious. It's definitely a position of need. Um, I, I definitely would have hoped that they would have spent a, a little more on the defensive line, but I guess they have something in place there that I'm not aware of. As far as the offense, the Redskins should have one of the most off or best offenses in the National Football League. You add Sammy, Sammy uh, P. Ryan from Oklahoma to that backfield. That's all you needed. We got receivers. We got probably the most premier tight end in the NFL. All we need to do now is lock up Kirk Cousins, and away we go. You know what? Let me jump in, Chris, for you asking that question. Wait a minute. you from Cali, right? I am. How do you become a Redskins fan? I I don't understand. Explain that to me, please. All right. Well, when I was growing up, Chris said, you know, she she saw those Atlanta Brave games. Well, growing up in California, the dominant teams in the National Football League were the Oakland Raiders, which I was from, but they moved to L.A., so I said forget the Raiders. Uh, I started out a Raiders fan. You had the 49ers winning everything, and the one team to challenge the 49ers in the 80s was the Redskins. And so I became, anti, I became anti-49ers. So instead of saying a Redskins fan, you can say I became an anti-49ers fan, and the one team that could beat the 49ers during the 80s was the Redskins, and so that's who I rode with. John Riggins, remember him? John Riggins, Joe Theismann, Art Monk, Daryl Green. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. Uh, Todd Bowles, who's coaching for the Jets, all those guys um, were on the Redskins. Dexter Manley, um, yeah. Okay, I just had to ask. I know Chris told me she sent me a little thing like, "Ask women how in the hell he became a Redskins." So I had to do it. <laughs> I became a Red. I got tired of the Forty ers You know, I told you earlier, I'm a Sixers fan. Who was winning basketball in the '80s? The Celtics or the Lakers? And sometimes Sixers. So I became a Six. I couldn't like the ugly Celtics. I mean, I don't think anybody that in their right mind that's not from Boston could have freaking liked the Celtics. And I didn't want to be a bandwagon fan like everybody else in in California and be a Lakers fan. So the only other team out there for me was the Sixers. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Welcome. Let me explain it. I'll need you to take that note that you wrote me back, Chris. Detroit, take Detroit, it back now. Detroit was All fun right. to watch because they were, they were, they were, yeah. They were a fun team to watch, but okay. So let's talk about my team a little bit. Let's talk about the Broncos. And I'm sure everyone's heard that Jamal Charles, he signed a one-year contract to play with the Broncos. It's basically, an, you know, they, no one thinks it's a no-win situation. You know, because it's one year, he's 30 years old, he's been getting hurt. 
you know, but um, if if he does well this season, especially if he plays against the Chiefs and comes up great, you know, that's going to be a, a black eye for the Chiefs. In, in your mind, how do you think Jamal Charles is going to do this year? You know, and, and I think that's the big if. I think if you get Jamal Charles healthy, um, I think he gives the Broncos something that they really never – never really had. I guess they kind of have it a little bit with Anderson, but Jamal Charles able to run in between the tackles, um, outrun people once he gets there, and catch the ball out of the backfield. He definitely was at the top of everybody's list, you know, and and you guys all play fantasy football. He was the number one, number two uh, person when he was healthy because he is a complete back. He can catch it, and he can run it, and he runs for power and speed, and he scores touchdowns along the goal line. So if they get that Jamal Charles, watch out. But, and here's another thing, with the, with the Broncos, you have Anderson there that didn't have a good year last year, but he's still on the roster. You drafted the guy out of Utah last year. He didn't have a good year, but he's still on the roster. Somebody's going to be pissed off. Um, and, 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 and you have, I guess, I'm not going to say the opportunity, but you run into the problem of maybe um, kind of isolating or or really ticking off all of those people, just like as far as the quarterback situation with the Broncos, and I'm hearing it's Paxton Lynch's job to lose, but what if you need to turn to the other guy that Paxton Lynch starts out 0-2 or 0-3 or 0-4? But you've already kind of um, put him in a position where he doesn't really want, you know, kind of what they did with Osweiler, even though Osweiler got to, play a little bit when it came down to it you started Peyton Manning and Osweiler bolted for Houston now obviously that turned out pretty well for the Broncos because Osweiler turned out not to be much but um you really run the risk I think with Jamal Charles of of really hitting it big but if you don't I think those other guys on the team um might be a little disgruntled you know what uh, like you said, if it wasn't for the injuries, he still was a, uh, a back to be scared of. So if his injuries, uh, you know, he kept coming up, he's still going to be good. I mean, you know, the Broncos line is horrible, but, you know, Jamal Charles so quick and, you know, elusive. So he might he might do all right there. You know, that one year, it's like the last thing to go out, you know. So the I don't Broncos, know. The Broncos not... definitely addressed, uh, they addressed their offensive line. It's yet to be yeah. seen if, if that will hold up. But the very fact that Jamal Charles went inside the division means that he's trying to prove a point. And, and I guarantee you he already has the two dates when they play Kansas City circled. Um, a motivated Jamal Charles in that division, a healthy, motivated Jamal Charles in that division is scary for everyone else. And so, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I, I definitely like Jamal Charles. So it's hard. It's hard for me. I liked Peyton Manning before he became a Bronco, and the same goes true uh, is true for Jamal Charles. So I don't know how to feel. I don't want him to be hurt. I don't want him to get hurt, but I don't want the Broncos to win. So how do you do both? We don't talk about it. <laughs> I, 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 I think the Broncos did um, kind of help help their offensive line a, a bit. You know, with their their number one draft pick, you know that kid out of, out of Utah. So they've they've taken that 
in consideration with, with some of the picks they did, they saw within the, where things were necessary uh, to help fill the holes. And, you know, Denver's always been a, a, a you know, not a super heavy, you know, continual heavy run game, but they've always had a good running game um, in between the, the, the passes. So I, I think he's, he's going to fit in well. Yeah, and, and Denver wants to run the ball. They have to great. run the ball. They have to run the ball with the team they have. I mean, you don't have established quarterbacks. You like to run play action with that system, um, and, and that's that's partly, if not the large part, of why the Broncos did not do well last year is because, one, your offensive line was not good, and two, uh, you couldn't run the ball. So, therefore, your passing game was one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league because you, you – Nobody was fooled. Those receivers got locked down. Um, you didn't pull anybody out of the box. So, like I said, if Jamal Charles is healthy and he can loosen up, you know, the, the box and, and, and have people not having seven and eight people ready and, and waiting, um, that is going to bode well for the Broncos, which is kind of making me sick to even spit out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> They still gonna be bombed. Really? Yeah. Famous last words. All right. So, wide receiver Victor Cruz is still trying to find a team that will sign him. You know, he's he suffered a knee injury in 2014 and has struggled ever since. Do you see a team taking a chance on him this season? He'll, he'll wind up somewhere. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a proven talent. So I think, um, you know, somebody like that will at least get invited to a camp. But if New York released him, it, it leads me to believe that he's probably done. And that's, you know, baseball, basketball, completely different sports. You can have guys on a on a baseball roster for 15, 20 years, you can have guys on a, on a basketball roster that, that play until they're 39, 40. And in the NFL, those, those uh, what do you call them, um, positions of receivers and defensive backs, and really anyone maybe besides quarterbacks, you get a serious injury like a Jamal Charles, like an Adrian Peterson, um, and to a lesser extent, a Victor Cruz, you're done. Um, so it, it leads me to believe with the with the uh, Giants releasing him that he, if he's going to be hard pressed to find a team, um, if he is completely healthy, I think there is definitely somebody out there, including the Bears. The Bears could definitely use a quality slot receiver, but if a team like the Bears is not even willing to sign you at this point, it just leads me to believe he's probably uh, far more injured than, than we even know about or suspect. No, I think teams probably wait for the draft, wait around to see what they're going to get. Because you got to look at a couple guys. I mean, look at Jay Cutler and Kavanaugh. They're waiting for the draft, see what they get before these right. older guys like Cruz and them going right. to get picked up, you know, somewhere. But see, the draft is over, and so that's when you start signing guys like Jamal Charles. Now that you, you kind of have who you who you think you're going to go into the next season with, this is when a guy like Victor Cruz would be in somebody's camp or at somebody's facility 
and, and, and they would be looking at him, but that's not happening. Um, so, in a way, this is kind of a weird offseason. I expected Cutler to be gone. I expected Kaepernick to be gone. Um, and the fact that both of those guys are still out there is kind of strange to me, too. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't think Capitals are getting nowhere. I mean, I thought it was gonna be strange after Ray Wright do he did, but still they forgive him. He's gonna be on the team. Teams just ain't messing with people like that no more. Players, you know, they're just saying, hey, you know, Capitals was a distraction. Nobody wants that. You know, Jay Cutler they got no emotion, don't give a shit, he's not a leader. Nobody wants that, so players like that is not gonna get back in the NFL like they used to do back in the day. Now, people are saying, hey, we're going to get somebody to take a chance on them. See, but that's the thing, and we talked about it last week. You know, Chris brought up the point of of, of maybe guys uh, uh, maybe injuring or or hurting their chances of getting drafted because of some of the the off-field issues. And we see, you know, the guy, the, the, the cornerback from Ohio State that may or may not be charged with rape drafted in the first round by the Raiders. Uh, the guys from Alabama drafted in the first round by the 49ers and the Redskins. So we see that talent or needing to win as a GM is going to trump any of those other things. And so the only thing that makes me now believe that it may not necessarily be his political stance is Jay Cutler. You look at Houston that's going into the season with a rookie quarterback, probably in, in, in Watson. Well, Cutler can't be his backup. I mean, it, it doesn't even make any sense. Or the Jets, who don't even have a quarterback on their roster except for um, two quarterbacks that they've drafted in the last couple of drafts who everyone says have no shot ever um, at playing in the NFL. You mean to tell me Jay Cutler can't go there and compete when you don't have a quarterback on your roster at all um, to compete for a starting spot? Um, like I said, I just don't really know what is going on. There are a ton of teams that need back. Look at the freaking Cowboys. I wish Abe was here. You have Dak Prescott and who? If Prescott gets hurt, Sanchez is gone, Tony Romo's gone. Who's the backup in Dallas? Now, imagine, imagine Kaepernick running that offense. Kaepernick can run that offense. The little short read system, you got a power back in the backfield. That's what he was running with the 49ers. I mean, I just don't understand how some of these teams have not picked these guys up. And I figured Houston would have already had Jay Cutler locked up and signed, but I just don't understand. I don't know. We're going to have to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more football. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's the left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. Co-host, you will be Chris, you there? I'm here, James. And we got the prophet, Wayman. Wayman, you there? I got something to say. <laughs> he is the prophet, isn't he? Always, Hello? always. So, you know, so, something that, that's always kind of bothered me has to do with, you know, these running backs. Um, because and we've talked about this before, about how a lot of them get used up early in their career. Um, but the issue for them is their pay. You know, they don't, they, they make, Basically, they, they, very few of them, as, as as many of that actually start in the league, very few of them actually get to to the point where where they're able to sign you know anything anything better a free agency contract, you know because most of them actually burn out you know physically, mentally, whatever by the age of twenty six is what they're saying maybe twenty seven, you know and and that's usually when their fifth year option on their contract hits and then they're able to do free agency. Um, but you know they 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 started this pay I think it was like 2011, you know where they're they're paying them you know the free agents so little, you know because they're 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 trying to find out if the rookies are that good or if they're if they're not good then they'll they can get them out of the league quickly, you know. But the ones that are good and they're just punishing their bodies, you know. Do you think that the running backs because they 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 put so much, you know, issues on their body and with 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 running the ball and getting hit and so forth, you know it's, it's punishing that 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 they they're getting. Do you think that they should actually make more money than than some of the other NFL rookies? Yeah, that's the thing. The league to me, it's about the league, and the league has completely changed. I mean, you look at look at look at the '80s football and '90s football, and look at the dominant teams. 
Look at the Giants. Look at the <clears throat> the Bills with Thurman Thomas or uh, the Cowboys with Emmitt Smith or <clears throat> um, the 49ers with Tom Rathman and Roger Craig uh, or the Bears with <clears throat> Walter Payton. Those guys all got used. They were workhorse running backs. The difference is they got paid, and it was a running league. Now, there are, even with Atlanta, you look at the two teams that went to the Super Bowl. Atlanta had two running backs in the backfield. Um, the Patriots had like 910 running backs in the backfield. I don't even know who you can even call the starter for New England. And they just now went out and got two or three more running backs. I mean, they got, uh, what's the guy, uh, Burkhead. Or not, not Burkhead, but they got, um, I forget his name, um, he was with San Diego last year, but then they got Gillisey from from uh, from Buffalo. They let Blount go, but they still have White and, and, and three or four other running backs on that roster. My point now is no one in the NFL has a – let me take that back. There are very, very few teams in the NFL that have a dominant running back. I can look at Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. I can look at Williams in Arizona. Um and beyond that, I can't really think of too many teams that primarily just use one back. And so running backs in this day and age aren't going to get paid. Who's, who's getting paid now? The receivers. The, re, the, the elite receivers are making the 15 and $16 million a year that the running backs used to make. Um, and they see running backs as a dime a dozen. Yeah, you burn out. We, we, we run the breaks off of you. By the time you're 25, 26, we'll get another one. And we'll get another one. And we can always get one every draft. But now, with, with it being so wide open and, and, and a premium on scoring points, these receivers come out, and after their first couple of years, that is who now is dominating these contract talks. That is now, you know, with Megatron making almost $200 million, that's who you're paying now. Running backs are seen as a, seen as a dime a dozen now. Even if you're good, Todd Gurley, um, Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, um, and he may be the exception along with the guy in Arizona. I see them getting paid, and I see them getting paid before their contracts are up. But beyond that, I don't see anybody as a running back making a whole bunch of money moving forward. Wait a minute. Think about it. When I was coming out, um, it was um, the, the short receiver they had. Clayton and Duper from Miami. They had the three amigos from Denver. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Right. Remember they had that? Yeah, it was a small get, receiver. They weren't, they weren't getting paid, though. They weren't getting paid. See, that's, but, that's the difference. But I'm just trying Even to tell you the trends of how it's starting to go. It goes from receiver. Now it's back to receivers, but now they want the tall receivers, and they're getting paid. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. just making a point of right. the trend of how it keeps changing. You know, first it was, you know, small Daniel went to, it was a, um, linebackers that you order, the safety that, you know. But it's a trend that he's coming with, you know, every year it changes. And now, like you say, it's back to receivers now. You know, they're getting paid now because the league won't receivers. Right. But even even when you had those teams that were wide open, like Miami, who, who didn't see, Miami didn't have a dominant running back, and so they never won a Super Bowl. And, and, and the real Bronco fans know that it wasn't Elway that won either one of those Super Bowls. Without Terrell Davis, the Broncos have zero Super Bowls. And that was the – John Elway threw for all those yards 
every single year. The only thing that changed for Ron or or John Elway is he had a dominant running back. And when he got a dominant running back, that's when they won those Super Bowls. Terrell Davis won those Super Bowls, not John Elway. If you look back at those games, um, and that's yeah. during that during that era. Even if you were a team like the Broncos or Miami, they kept or Buffalo. Um, even though they did have a pretty good running back, they could air the ball out all they wanted to. But if you couldn't run the ball back then, you weren't going to win a Super Bowl. You could throw yeah. for 900 million yards, which Elway and Marino did. Yeah. Um, and and, and Marino go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks never to win a Super Bowl. But now you got to have receivers. Look at the boys. Um, the Chargers, they had Dan Fowl, and they had all that, um, John right. and all them. They threw for 9,000 yards a game. Never won a well, Super Bowl. All right. They had, what was the tight end? Kellen uh, uh, Winslow. Uh, was it Winslow who won the water uh, glasses? Winslow. Was it Winslow. Was it, it Muncie? Yeah. No, Muncie was the running back. Winslow was the tight end. Yeah, they had all that shit. He was throwing for 9,000 yards every game. Did they win a Super Bowl huh. with that team? No, they couldn't. Like I said, you had to run the ball. In the 80s and 90s, you had to run the ball. And obviously, you had to be able to throw the ball, too. But you had... When it came down to it, you know, you look at those Redskins teams in the 80s with the Hogs. You look at the 49ers teams we've already talked about. You look at the early Dallas teams. You had a great tight end. You had a great quarterback. You had a great receiver. But Emmitt Smith made that team go. Um, and, and that's what it is. So Dallas won all those championships with a great defense, but they had one of the best offensive lines out there, and they were running the ball. And now you don't have to run the ball. I mean, you look at the teams that are that are winning now, and, and, and some of them can run, but when it comes down to it, the Patriots have a running back by committee. Anybody can be in the Patriots' backfield. They're going to sling the ball to the receivers. Um, well, Atlanta, with, with Julio Jones, they're going to, you know, so you got to throw Atlanta that ball there. I can't, I got no sense for Atlanta where they lost this football. Ain't no way you do this. I think Atlanta is a bust. Ain't no way. They should let somebody else go there. Way up top. It was done. You know, they should, they should let, you know, uh, the Bears go there. Bears could do better than that. You up twenty some points, and you come on, Raymond. I'm just saying, as a receiver, if if I'm a if I'm a in college and I'm and I'm trying to get paid now, obviously, you know, being the fourth pick in Leonard Fournette, he's going to make some money in the NFL. But that second contract, like Chris was alluding to. At the beginning, you know, of, of this little segment, he's not going to get paid. Big, he's not going to get paid big bucks. There's going to be somebody else in college in three or four years that can replace him. They're not going to pay him fifteen million dollars a year. The last running back in the NFL to get paid big money uh, was Adrian Peterson, and, and that was more out of loyalty than production late in his career. Um, I remember Chris Johnson got paid by Tennessee, but you can't name a running back now that's getting paid major money to play. Yeah, there's something to that. There's definitely something to that. Well, well, the last thing I want to talk about is... Now, now, we talk about all these quarterbacks, and we talk about, you know, like, for instance, when Peyton, you know, Peyton was kind of... Uh, Peyton Manning was... You know, he, he'd be there, you know, trying to coach up the, the, the backup quarterbacks, trying to talk to them, show them what to do, you know, trying to, you know, kind of help them up. But apparently, um, the coach for the, for the Giants has come out and said that, you know, it's not Eli's job to develop the, the quarterback, the, the Giants' young quarterbacks. You know, 
it's not his job to be there. But don't you think that that a, a veteran quarterback, you know, doesn't that help? You know, to to have have one of them because these these young quarterbacks are going to listen to him because obviously they have a winning way, and I, I would think they'd want to try to follow suit. Well, as you go, hold on, before you go, All I'm gonna say on this is, I keep telling Chris that story. She know how I was in Philly. I got slapped upside my head by a veteran receiver. Who was it, Chris? What do you tell me? Um, tell me again. Sorry. Mike, quick. What do you tell me, Chris? Um, that you're. You'll have to remind me. I can't remember <laughs> what he said to you. Oh, uh, he told me, you not come out here running these college routes. Let me help you. And he took me under his wing, and he showed me what I had to do. He's a veteran. He's supposed to help the guys. You know what I'm saying, Wayman? Go ahead. I can't believe you don't remember that story, Chris. But anyway. You told me that story, I know. And, and, and I was actually hey, there Wayman. when you tried out for the team. Wayman. So, Wayman. you know, and I, and I remember them getting getting up, you know, laughing at you because you were running college routes out Wayman. there. She's drinking. Right. The bottle, the bottle. And, and, and you're the right. Bottle. But it takes a confident person. It takes a person sure of themselves to do that because year in and year out, the reality of it is the people that you are helping want to take your job. So it, it's a weird situation. You, you got new guys coming in. I need to show you how to be a pro. I need to help you with these routes. But if you're too good, I may be looking for somewhere else to go. So it, it takes a person that is confident in themselves confident in their ability, and, and Eli Manning is definitely in the wrong if he's not doing that. He's not going anywhere. They did draft a quarterback. Eventually, he won't be on that team anymore. So why not, um, you know, lend your expertise? But does it always happen? No. Look at, uh, look at what happened in Green Bay. Brett Favre spent absolutely no time with Aaron Rodgers, and, and that's why the breakup was so bad, and that's why neither one of them can stand the other one to this day. Brett Favre had no interest whatsoever in trying to ultimately help that team when he was no longer able to. Um, and, and to me, that's not. I'm not going to say he wasn't a leader, but he wasn't the type of leader that, that was going to assume that position in that role. And, and, and I've been in that same place, and, and Love has been in that same place. When I played yeah. at the University of Wyoming, you know, and I told this story at his wedding. Marcus Harris, maybe the greatest receiver at the University of Wyoming, at least one of them. He was one of the greatest receivers in NCAA history. That, that's who my roommate was my freshman year. And here I was going to start uh, my sophomore, junior year, and I'm playing defensive back, and he's starting a receiver. So, and, you know, and we, we got a big – and we're good friends, and we joke about it and laugh, but the person that I helped and the person that I taught took my position. Well, let's talk about that next week. I want to talk about that because I got to bring something up too about that women. So we're gonna start that off next week, Chris. Write that down. But I got the news in my ear. Thanks again, Wayman and Chris. Oh man, I like that. But we got to start that off next week because I want to hear more about that women. Let me tell you a story too. But um, Wayman, Chris, another show, right? Another good show. Another good one next week. All right, same bad time, same bad channel. 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.